Hello, everyone, and welcome to Third Eye with Lorelai. We are on the third season. It's incredible. Yoga is actually, the meaning is union. So it's a union of the body, mind, and spirit. It is spirituality. It wow. is. This is the lowest place in creation. This is where God wants to be known. Growth is growth, no matter how little it is. Oh, absolutely. All the shit that I thought I was is falling away, and every day it falls away, I feel better about life, and I'm able to beat me. Yoga doesn't want you to really forget about the emotion. They want you to move with the emotion. I've never thought of to do that, and I'm doing it right now, and my mind is kind of blown. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. I am, of course, your host, Lorelai. Thank you so much for being here again. And today I have the amazing honor of interviewing Kelly Sparta, who is a, let's see, a shaman, a transformational shaman specializing in helping focused doers optimize their success and minimize their stress. You also host a popular podcast called Spirit Sherpa Podcast, listed on the top 25 metaphysical podcasts not to miss in 2021, according to Feedburner. And you are the founder of the Sacred Power and Purpose Mystery School. Welcome to the show, Kelly. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great. I'm so glad that we got to hook up and talk a little bit on podmatch.com. And here we are having a conversation on my podcast. And I'm so excited to pick your brain a little bit about where things started for you and like how you came to be this spectacular, beautiful, witchy woman that I am going to have a blast talking to today. (laughs) We're going to have fun. Mm -hmm. So um so you know basically i I blame my mother so (laughs) it's all her fault so uh you know my mother was psychic when she was a kid and she got scared of it and she shut it down and she was never able to get it back again and she was absolutely determined that that would not be the case for me Mm. and that combined with the fact that my parents got divorced when i was about five and my mother went on this hardcore you know search for her own happiness And so, you know, I was raised, I mean, she had self, you know, self-growth programs and metaphysical programs on tape because I'm old, uh, running 24 seven in the house. I mean, we didn't do anything but that. So it was, you know, at six, she brought home Est, right? which was a precursor to landmark and a not kinder, gentler version. Right. Mm -hmm. And so she brought that home when I was six, we we were doing self-hypnosis by the time I was 10 tarot cards. By the time I was 12, I was doing palmistry classes, psychic development classes. I was raised on Seth and Ram Dass and Abraham Hicks and JC Knight and, you know, everybody and anybody that you could get your hands on at the time. And, and that's what I was raised on. So I literally was living this life from a very young age. My mother said I was talking to ghosts in my crib. Wow. Dude. I wonder what that was like. Did she ever tell you like what you were saying ever? You know, I don't know. She just said I would like talk to somebody who was in the room. Oh my God. That's so. She said it was very evident. I could see somebody in the room because I was engaging with them. Wow. So, yeah. So when did you, um, when did you realize that you wanted to do this as like a form of healing practice and even like as a career? Well, so I started doing healing work very young as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that that's what I was doing until I was 28. (laughs) It <laughs> was a Reiki master started talking to me about his hands heating up. And I was like, Oh my God, is that why my hands have been so hot my whole life? I spent my entire childhood putting my hands on the, the metal parts of my desk to cool them off because they were burning all the time. Oh my God. And he's like, yeah, that that's because you were running healing energy. I was like, 
ow, hello, that would have been useful to know, right? Um, But, you know, my mother also was taking nursing lessons when I was a child. And so Mm. I was her study buddy. So all of Grey's Anatomy is in the back of my head somewhere and occasionally comes flying out of my mouth at the appropriate moments. And I'm like, two seconds ago, I had no idea what that term was. And I didn't know what it meant, but I'm fairly certain I used it properly. And I go and Google it. And sure enough, yes, indeed, I did. <laughs> it was just awesome. like there and triggered. It was like, oh, look, flashcard says ding, right? <laughs> so yeah. Um, so I, I, it's kind of who I am. And right, you know, it's it's been there my whole life. I actually have high school yearbook signatures that read like my client testimonials. <laughs> It's, oh my God! I do. It was terrifying. I was going to my 25th high school reunion and I was like, Hey, let me, let me remember who some of these people are. I haven't talked to in 25 years, you know? And, uh, and I was reading them and I'm like, wow, that that's, yeah, that's a client testimonial right there. <laughs> oh my God. No idea. I hadn't read, I hadn't read it in 25 years. So, you know, I didn't know it was there, but yeah, I, I started officially doing it, um, in 2006. Uh, as a, as a sort of coach, right. Um, I had a retail store before that, uh, a new age center, uh, spiritual education and healing center. And so I was doing classes there. I was doing, and I did my own version of coaching there with, with different people. And I was doing Reiki sessions. I'm a Reiki master, uh, technically Reiki master teacher, although I don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, I just, I have sort of find shiatsu and massage and you know all the things all the things yes my toolbox is wide and deep yeah which is amazing I want to take out all the tools and like just talk about it (laughs) (laughs) but you know that would be more than the five hours right (laughs) okay I'm saying like the 20 minutes to two hours that we have allotted to do all this yeah yeah, that's, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. I actually <laughs> sat down this past weekend. Um, my, uh, I have a couple of ladies that I work with uh, when I do my advanced level programs. Mm-hmm. And we sat down this weekend in Detroit to have a conversation about what we were going to be offering for the next level of the mystery school. Uh, because we've got some students who are starting to get to that point And we're like, okay, so it's time to develop the next level. Right. Um, and we were making a long list of all of the things that we could do. And it was a very, very long list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you need to cut oh, it down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we could do, you know, ritual and spell casting and energy healing and sound healing and psychic skills and tarot skills and talking to your spirit guide and doing your, your shields and your wards and your, how do you manage your own energy and energetic hygiene for your home and your office? And la, 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 la. I mean, just oh, the list you. went on and on and on. We, we, uh, we brainstormed it for about half an hour, 40 minutes before we ran out of stuff to say. Wow. So Yeah. That's a lot of stuff, but you, I mean, you don't run out of options, which is kind of no. nice, right? You know, yeah. which, which is kind of the beauty with, with everything in metaphysics, because it, it's kind of endless, the stuff that you can talk about and oh learn gosh. about and, and teach, you mm. know? So yeah. that's why I have my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and this is why I have mine. I mean, people, People are like, oh my God, you give away so much on your podcast. They're like, it's mm-hmm. half an hour, but I sometimes I have to listen to it three times to get it all down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I'm not going to be cheesy with it mm-hmm. because, you know, why would I, why would I, you know, meet stuff out? I have so much to say. I can't possibly get it all out. Yeah. So I'm just like, here, let me give you as much as humanly possible on this topic for half an hour. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what I do because for one, I want people to have as much information as possible when they come into my mystery school, mm-hmm. because that puts them in a better position to go faster in the program. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it, it gives them a greater understanding of the work. It gives them more information. So I, I consider my podcast sort of like a, a primer for the mystery mm-hmm. school. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and it also helps people to get through the, the early stages. So when people, people come into spirituality because they're in pain, right? They're they're not happy. They're looking for a magic pill solution. And spirituality seems the place to find that. Mm -hmm. And 
what happens is they come in and then they find the bright and shiny stuff. Ooh, angels. Ooh, tarot cards. Ooh, spirit guides. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let me go find it. (laughs) And then they go into this stage of, oh my God, this stuff really works. I must go out and tell everyone I know and make them come out to classes with me so they don't think I'm nuts. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That's why you did it. (laughs) Crap. Kelly called me out for the same reason, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, you drag all your friends out and you you start to think, oh yeah, I could do this. And then you start to develop your own abilities and whatever it is that you're you're trying to develop. And then you start to try and prove to yourself that you can do this and okay, great. Now I can do this. And then you're like, okay, now what? I'm still not happy. Mm. And Mm. so it generally takes that, that, process generally takes the average person somewhere between two and five years Mm. to get through. And that whole time is time spent not being happy, but instead being distracted. Mm. And and so I literally designed my podcast to get people through that in the amount of time it would take to binge 10 or 15 episodes. Oh, I love that. Right. That was my goal. So if you look at the, at the layout of my podcast, you'll see that there's a lot of bright and shiny stuff and yeah. then some personal growth stuff and mm. the reminder that you're here to be happy and then a lot of bright and shiny stuff. And then the reminder that you're here to be happy, right? So it's, it's that. Yeah. And it's, it's important to include a lot of the, the psychological components that tend to get shied away from because a lot of people are uncomfortable with talking about oh, this is the stuff that maybe you don't really like about yourself. And, you know, the thing is, is like realizing that maybe you've been stuck in the wrong narrative for a really long time, or you've been codependent for a really long time, or you've been in a relationship even with yourself or somebody else that's pretty toxic. And so it's like realizing those things and finding a way to meaningfully get out of it and grow from it and, and be honest with yourself. And that's, I think that's the hardest thing is people are now looking at like, now you have to be honest right, with what's really happening here. And in order for you to have those bright and shiny things that are super fun and like do all the really like awesome stuff, you got to do the hard stuff that nobody likes. Exactly. You know. Well, and and I just want to say this one thing because that's that's utterly utterly valid, and that scares the crap out of people. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I can't tell you how many people who are just starting on their path who look at me and go, "I don't know about this." <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for this, right? And they all worry about being re-traumatized. And yeah. I have to tell you, it's a valid concern. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it, but. But it's a valid concern if you do things out of order. Mm. If you do things in the right order, then you don't have to worry about being re-traumatized. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the, what the big problem is, is that most people try to go straight to their shadow work. Mm. They try to go straight into pulling out all those buttons and triggers and looking at all their stories and all their limiting beliefs and all that other stuff. You do need to do that. And that is the path to freedom. However, if you are unprepared to do it, mm-hmm. you will either re-traumatize yourself if you have no sense of self-preservation, which a lot of us who have been through challenging situations don't have a lot of sense of self-preservation, right? Yep. Or you won't get very far because your self-preservation will kick in and go, eh, eh. No. That would be that. re-traumatizing, right? Mm-hmm. So either you don't get far or you hurt yourself if you try and do that too soon. So don't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what you do need to work on is the, the two steps that have to come before it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Step number one is you have to find emotional safety. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that means that the fear and the anxiety and the worry and the dread and the self-doubt and the inner and outer judgments that are constantly monkey mind screeching in your brain need to get dealt with. Yes. Okay? And then you also need to build a foundation of self-support and courage. Because those things together create emotional safety. There's also some energetic work to be done in there as well, because all of my people are empaths, mm-hmm. right? We all feel what other people feel. Yeah. We all get overwhelmed by other people's strong emotions. And 
oh my gosh, right? Yeah. It's just like, oh, I can't. I just can't, right? Yeah. yeah. And so the you have to learn how to manage your energy field. Mm-hmm. Because being an empath is actually a function of how you're holding your energy. Yes. And so, you know, for those of you who are empaths who are listening, I have a free download on my website at kellysparta.com. It's mm-hmm. boundaries for empaths. It's right below my picture. All you got to do is just type in your email. It'll send it to you. And then it'll also send you, if you stay on the mailing list, it'll send you a 45 minute coaching call recording that explains in detail the process and why we do it and how we do it and what all the different other pieces and parts to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I I make it free because every empath needs to know this. It's so important. It's so important. Okay. (laughs) Like vitally important. (laughs) Well, and, and the fact is that it is one of the reasons why you feel unsafe. Yep. How you're holding your energy field. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it has to be dealt with as part of the process of finding safety. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's step one. Step two is you have to solidify your energetic container. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your sense of self, your identity, mm-hmm. your power base, right? Mm-hmm. All of these things are done by claiming your space. I have a right to take up space in my own life. Yes. Setting your boundaries. Mm-hmm. No, you don't get to walk all over my space in my own life. Yes. What part of the word no did you not understand? Yes. 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 Own your power, which is, and I will enforce that if you continue to be a pain in my ass. Right? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Learn to internalize your sense of value. So you're not asking for approval, which means that mm-hmm. when that person crosses your boundaries and you need to reinforce it. You don't care that they don't approve. Yes, exactly. Right? Because exactly. you're worthy of that, of that holding space and that balance. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. and you learn to love yourself. Okay. Those are the five steps. Claim your space, set your boundaries, own your power, internalize your sense of value and learn to love yourself. Those five steps will solidify your identity. They will solidify your energetic container, mm-hmm. which then allows you to hold the work as you go forward into the shadow work, right? It, they make you comfortable in your own skin. So you're not constantly like, uh, am I okay? Am, is somebody upset with me? Uh, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. I can't be happy. It's not my, you know, I'm not worthy of the happiness. I can't receive because, you know, I got to give and all of that stuff. We deal right. with all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's step one and two. And then you can do your shadow work. Then. And you can do your shadow work, right? And your shadow work, this is the other piece. So I got an interesting, I got an interesting um, question. I I did a speaking engagement at uh, the Soul Treat retreat in October. And uh, one of the people stood up and asked a question. She said, I'm I'm a healer and I don't want to be a wounded healer. So I went and I did my shadow work and I thought, okay, I'm good. And then a whole other layer of shadow work showed up uh-huh. and I don't know if I'm okay to do healing work yet because it's there. I said, yeah, join the club. It's never going to stop. It's never like stop. your shadow work is constantly going to come up and it's just going to, you know, there's always going to be another layer. There's always going to be something else to do. Yeah. Um, and she's like, well, well, then how do I know if I'm a wounded healer? I don't want to be the wounded healer. Am I never supposed to start? And I said, great question. Right. Yeah. I said, you know, you're a wounded healer when if you get triggered while you're doing a session on somebody else, you can't put it aside. Oh, there it is. If it comes up and it like takes over your entire awareness and you you go into your your crap and you're just like, and you can't be a clear channel because you can't focus because you're all in your crap because you got triggered. You are a wounded healer. Yes. Yeah. But if if it comes up. And you go, Oof. okay, I'll look at that later. Yes. And set then, it you're, then you're good to go. Right. Love That's that. the difference. I love that Kelly. Cause right. it makes people, it, 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 it invites people to observe rather than judge. And once you're, I feel like once you're in that state of mind, because you're always going to find, like you said, you're always going to find a trigger somewhere, right. you know, as long as you're able to say, oh, I'm getting, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm feeling a certain kind of way about this. I'm going to look into this later. I'm going to continue to be present for this client that needs me here in this moment and offer that. And then we'll unpack what the hell this is. 
Thank on you. their own time. Oh, yes. no. <laughs> because yeah. <laughs> that's that is where i i t- i've i've actually had certain and it make it validates parts of me too which is like okay good because you know i've had clients where you know i'm doing a past life reading or i'm doing you know a, a, just a tarot read and you know they'll bring up something and it'll like trigger something in me it's just you know that that space that's wounded or had trauma and i'm like oh I see you. I right. see where that's coming from. <laughs> but it's nice to know that I feel like I'm doing the right thing, you know, by saying, I will look at that in a minute. Yeah. And that's exactly what you need to do. Yeah. Um, it, it gets even more important to have that be true when you start doing coaching with people who are further along in their process, mm-hmm. because especially if they're smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they will have a trigger show up and they won't want to look at it and they'll be like, Oh, here, let me push your button so that you'll get distracted and you won't make me look at mine. Right. And they do it. They, they, they're like, here, bang. I know where your button is. Bang, bang, bang. And, you know, to be able to look at them and go, Oh, you're very cute. That's very nice. No, we're talking about you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's (laughs) let's not, if you can do, if you can put it away or if you've dealt with it enough, Mm-hmm. you know, but if you haven't, then you go, <laughs> right. Yeah. And yeah. Now, you're, now you're toast, right? Now yeah. you're distracted and you can't right. fully be present and oh, exactly. yikes. Yes. Yes. So the yes. more advanced they are, the more they do that. <laughs> oh, and that's even, that's kind of worse though. If you think about it, like, like the farther along they are and like the, oh God, can you imagine? Do not do it on purpose. Okay. okay. Yeah. In, in fact, almost never do they do it on purpose. They intuitively, because they're further along and they have such an intuitive connection, they just know, and they'll just like throw something out that they, it, it's the ego trying not to die. Yes. It yes. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not purposeful to hurt you. It's the ego having self-preservation. Yes. Like I'm trying to survive. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to do anything I can, including putting your head under the water to keep me above water. Right. Whatever it takes. Right. And that's, it's not, it's not malicious. I want to be really clear. It's not malicious. I, you know, I, but, and it just depends on the client too. I mean, I have a client, I worked with a client yesterday who was deep in his stuff Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, I was like showing him where it was and he's like, fuck you. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. And the horse I rode in on, that means I'm on the right track. You right? are on the right track. Yeah. You are right in it. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot of that, you know, it's like, oh yes. Okay. And yeah, then, <laughs> right. And, and I'm like, look, you know, you're welcome to do that. It's basically a, ouch. Yes. You found the spot. That's really what that means. Right. Mm-hmm. And we, we have a saying, I do retreats and uh, they're transformational retreats. And so they, they're dealing with identity shifts. So when you're shifting someone's identity and they're in the midst of it and they're looking, whatever their, their thing is in the face, that's keeping them from moving there. They often have those kind of fuck you, you know, responses. Right. Uh And, you know, we have a phrase for that. We call it, I'll love you later. (laughs) Uh Right now. I fucking hate you because you're holding all my shit up in front of my face, but I will love you later because I know I need this. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's that. I love that a lot, Kelly. Yeah. Oh my God. So I, I'm, I'm going to shift gears a little bit just because I want to talk a little bit about the shaman piece. Yes. So I don't, I don't think I've had a shaman. I'm fairly certain I haven't had one on my podcast before. So can you tell, can you tell my audience, first of all, what a shaman is secondly, what a shaman does and third, where that started with you. Okay. So uh, the first thing I'm going to say is if you ask a hundred shamans, what a shaman is, they're going to give you a hundred different answers. I love that because it's a spectrum. It is a spectrum. And uh, the, the, the general uh, cross consensus would be that it is an earth-based spirituality based in the, the, um, the, the 
changing of the seasons and mm-hmm. the, the being in connection with nature and being in connection with your ancestors and the spirits mm-hmm. of the land and things like that. Right. Love that. Um, and then, you know, that's where I veer off from traditional shamanism mm-hmm. because uh, traditional shamanism is um, much more animistic and it, it goes um, it, it's it's very practical in nature which I'm very practical in nature you know yeah there, there was a guy at a conference once who said um, that he'd studied with the mystics in in Tibet and the um, shamans in Peru and he said you want to know the difference between a shaman and a mystic he said a mystic has an amazing mystical experience goes up into the ethers spends their and then spends their entire life trying to get back there right and a shaman goes up into the ethers has an amazing mystical experience comes home and has lunch Uh, I love that (laughs) and that's really yeah exactly it's like Uh, yeah that's part of my life it is not, you know, something to aspire to. It is just another part of what is the whole of my life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's integrated into my experience of life. There is not my spiritual self and my physical self. There is just me, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what it is. And so um, the work that I do is specifically transformational in nature. Mm-hmm. And so everything I do energetically, mentally, emotionally, physically, when in transformational space um, is designed to get you from where you are to the fullest expression of your authentic self, mm-hmm. standing fully in your power mm-hmm. and able to consciously create your reality moving forward. Oof. I feel like that is literally one of the most important things that people need to realize in this time. Yeah. I mean, because I I feel like that's what people are longing for, but they don't know how to put it into words. Like they don't know how to articulate. Why am I not happy? And it's like, because you're not living your purpose and why you're here. Cause you're not you. Cause you're not you. You're not doing what you specifically are here to do right now. And it's like, it's almost like that, that whisper of your higher self constantly being like, why haven't you been doing this yet? I'm here. I'm ready to be realized. Why aren't you doing it yet? You know, it's sort of like that whole, um, I don't know if it's an old adage or whatever, but, uh, that old story about, you know, the, 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 the man or woman or whatever that gets, that has everything that they could ever want. They have all the money, they have the career that they love. They have the partnership that they have always wanted. And everything seems to be picture perfect, almost like this dream that everyone wants to be in, but yet there is this emptiness yet. There is this longing for something more. And it's like, what more is there? And you asked me how I got here and that's it. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Did I just do a reading on you? Jason? You, did. you just, you just, told, you just talked about my life. Um, yeah, I was uh, 28 and I was married to a man that I loved, but didn't have a lot in common with. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had been in a cold war for power struggle for basically our entire relationship. And uh, I was working in a job that I was doing, you know, I had a business, I was a real estate agent Mm -hmm. and I was, um, I I was very successful. I was top 5% and I, I had a huge booming business and I was burnt out and fried. And I was volunteering 40 hours a week for Habitat for Humanity because that kept me from looking at my life. Mm -hmm. And I was the president of the local affiliate so I was pillar of my community, right? My husband was gorgeous. My house was huge. I had a dog, two cars. From the outside, my life looked extraordinarily successful. Yeah. And I was miserable. I hated my life. And I, of course, I was 28. So it was my Saturn return. Yay. Hey. <laughs> and I woke up and I went, yeah, I hate my life. And then you were done. And I raised it to the ground. I divorced my husband. I sold the house. I made him take the dog. I sold the business. I quit the, the 
charity and I moved out of state to live with some people I met at the Renaissance Fair. My former business partner said that I had run off and joined the circus and he wasn't quite wrong. <laughs> that is, that is extreme. Yeah. I, I, I'm like kind of in love with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, there is nothing here I want to salvage. I am done. I did the American dream. I felt lied to. And I said, well, that didn't work. Let's start over. Yeah. And And I just had to make it up for myself. Wow. So then moving into the shaman practice, what exactly, what is it that you as a shaman do with, with that title, like in and of itself, is it just like, is it just specific to healing or is there like pieces of it that are a little bit different? Everything I do is in service to healing. Got it. I'm inherently a healer. That is what I do. Um, you know, I, I have lots of practices that could be used in a variety of different ways. I mean, I, I manifest like no tomorrow as well, but you know, um, ultimately almost everything I do is in service to healing. Love um, it. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's all like energetic healing for the most part. Like that's just like where energetic, you- mental, emotional. I, I do like, um, a friend of mine's sister was in a horrific car accident a few years ago and she called me up and she's like, they were still trying to get her out of the car when my friend called mm-hmm. and cause they took them an hour and a half to get her out with the jaws of life. That's how bad the car was mangled. Ooh. Yeah. And, um, my friend was like, is there anything you can do? And I, I energetically, I went there and I was like, wow, she's her entire aura is shattered. And I, I was like, okay, so I'm going to have to coalesce her just to get her to the point where she can decide if she's staying or going. Right. Oh God. What a place. And so I had to pull her energy back together again, just to get her to the point where she can make that decision. And she decided she wanted to stay. And so I started doing some work on her and I laid out everything that was a problem with her before she ever got to the hospital. Right. I was like, okay, here's all these things that are are going on. I said, I've done this for this. I've done that for that. I've done that for that. I said, and I I fixed the brain bleed because there was a brain bleed. And, and I was like, I made a long list of the items that were an issue and my friend called me up several hours later and said, yeah, they've just brought her into the, you know, they've just gotten her out of her first consultation there and they're taking her in for surgery. But they said that, that she was lucky there wasn't a brain bleed or else they wouldn't have been able to take her in for surgery. Oh God. What? And every single thing I listed was actually an injury that she had and that I had already started the healing process on. So, yeah. That oh, I is do physical healing too. Yeah, you do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Holy shit, yeah. Kelly, that's incredible. So, um, yeah. so then, um, oh, what was what was the the last question I had with the with um, the? It was in service. Is everything in service to healing? Was the question? Yeah, yeah. I think there there was a third question. Oh, there. the third question was, um, how did I get into shamanism? Yeah, thank yeah. you. Okay. So yeah. Um, <laughs> So that was in the house that I moved into with the Renaissance Fair people, right? Yes. So as it turns out, all of them were shamans or witches. Love and it. I didn't know that when I moved in. And so um, <laughs> I started, well, no, I knew that when I moved in. I didn't know that when I started hanging out with them. By the time I moved in, I did know that. But I, well, I knew they were magical. I didn't know any of them were shamans because I didn't know what a shaman was. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's traditional to not say you're a shaman. Okay. Um, in fact, I get a lot of shit for saying I'm a shaman and well, if you think about it, it makes sense in a tribal scenario, Uh everyone knows who the shaman is and what a shaman does. Right. So there's absolutely no need to ever say out loud that you're the shaman. Got it. The only reason to ever say it is because you've, you're in your ego. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Which I is see. why you're not allowed to say it. Right. Okay. Perfect sense. However, in the U S most people have no freaking clue what a shaman is mm-hmm. or what a shaman does or mm-hmm. who the shaman is and mm-hmm. what they're supposed to go to them for. So 
I consider it my responsibility to tell people I'm a shaman and what a shaman does so that I can educate them so that they know whether or not they need me. Right. 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 It's not out of ego. It's out of service. Right. If, if everybody knew who the shaman was and everybody knew I was a shaman, I would never say it because I don't, I wouldn't need to. Right. Nobody needs to know. Everybody knows. Right. It's all good. Yes. But you know, we, we have a very different culture than Mm. the traditional tribal cultures. Right. So, you know, makes sense. And I, I actually had a native American take me to, to task for that once at a dinner or at a a brunch rather. And uh, I gave him that, that answer. And he said, it's an interesting answer. I will ask my shaman about it. I'm like, okay. Okay. But you know, he's like, that's a reasonable response. I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. It's like, Okay, not going to change my my way of being either way, but okay. But okay, yeah. But okay, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I I actually started off. I came in through Wicca, mm. and I I was actually a practicing Wiccan for a couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, maybe three. Um, and uh, I had a circle that I practiced with, and we did did healing work on each other. And we did, you know, all the, all the Wicca things, right. Mm-hmm. The new moons, the full moons, the purification rites, the blah, 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 Love it. Yeah. you know, creating all of the tools and whatnot. And, um, and I was, in, I, I, I had a lot of intuitive skill there. I purposefully did not study because I knew that if I got up in my head, I would be all about, is it right? Is it right? Is it right? Is it right? Whereas if I just trusted my intuition, I would just have to go with what it was and not have to worry about it. And that actually worked out really well for me because I was anal hyphen retentive and (laughs) a massive control freak when I started this (laughs) would have been very problematic for me. So Uh, It actually worked out well. And I learned a lot as I went just through osmosis of people telling me things along the way, but you know, uh, that was my path. And then uh, at some point uh, I went into the basement Uh, we were living this, it it was a, one of those three story, you know, six bedroom, four bathroom, Victorian houses. And, you know, they have these old basements where you've got the pull switch in the center of the room, right? Yeah. It's nighttime. And so, of course, you know, you're feeling around in the dark trying to find the light switch because this is, of course, pre-smartphone. So I didn't have a, light, a <laughs> flashlight. flashlight on me. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling around for the light switch and I walk into a spider rep and I was like, whoa, whatever it is, I don't need it. And I turned around and I left. I was like, I'll get it in the morning. Right. I went back upstairs and I came back down in the morning. There were no spider webs in the room. And I realized when I went upstairs, there had been no spider webs on me. Oh my God. So you and went to some sort of like an ectoplasm or something. Oh my God. So I spoke with my roommate who was the resident shaman. He was the house warden in fact. And, uh, oh yeah. When you have a magical house, you need a house warden. You need somebody whose job it is to make sure that the house doesn't like lose its shit because you got six people doing magic in it. You definitely need somebody who's going to make sure everything's copacetic, check, and they just... you know, make sure we, we actually had magical rules for the house. Oh my God. Yeah. Because, and every rule came because somebody screwed it up. Right. Oh. So the first, first one was no mucking about with time and space within the confines of the property, because somebody did that and we were all late to everything we needed to do that day. Um, oh the uh, never summon anything bigger than your head because people did that. If you summon it, you must banish it. It's your Uh responsibility. No, you don't get to bring it in and then ask other people to fix it. (laughs) You know, uh, don't open doors and windows that you don't know where they go. Mm -hmm. If doors and windows appear of their own accord, do not wait to see what happens. Inform the house warden immediately. Yes. (laughs) And always, always, always take out the trash. Mm. Oh, I forgot one. Uh, Guests, corporeal and non-corporeal, corporeal may stay for no more than three days and they must stay in your room Mm. because we had one one housemate who was fond of her fairies and they kept wandering into other people's rooms fairies like to do that they're very curious little being mischievous they would open my clock you know i had an antique clock that you literally had to pick up the face 
to pull, to open it. Yeah. And so there's no way it could just fly, you know, you know, fall open. You had to pick it up and open it and they would constantly open the face of my clock. I was like, get out of my room. <laughs> yeah, I did not invite you in here. And they're like, we don't care. <laughs> they're like, we like your clock. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do whatever we want, whether you like it or not. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. Bye. <laughs> I'd be like, Rachel, come get your fairies. Get your devic beings and put them back. <laughs> they, they're your guests. You're responsible. <laughs> These are the conversations that you have with roommates in a magical house. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like I need to have a little bit more magic up in my place. Like maybe yeah. I just need to like you know, get my husband a little bit more in tune with his magical side. Cause he's yeah. super psychic. He's just, yeah. he's more of like the, I am the person that I believe everything that you say, and I support everything that you do. And I will meditate with you and do all the things, but he doesn't have like a, his own practice sort yeah. of thing. But like, I'm very curious to see like some of the things that he could conjure up because he is very much like has a, a good amount of power within himself. It's just yeah, yeah. eating him there. <laughs> so yeah. So my, my, my roommate looked at me and said, yeah, you better listen to grandmother spider when she's calling you when I did that. And I was like, grandmother what? spider, who's grandmother spider and how is she calling me and what's going yeah. on? Hello. And, and, and he said, yeah, he said, you don't want her to do to you that she, what she did to me. And I was like, what'd she do to you? And he said she had um, a entire nest of baby spiders hatch over his bed and come down and feast on him in the night. Oh, God. I was like, yes, I don't want that. No. I don't want that. What do I need to do? Yes, please tell me all the things so that that will never, ever, ever. Right. <laughs> and he was like, you need to you need to have a conversation with grandmother spider and figure out what's going on because she's clearly calling you. And I'm like, OK, what does that mean? He's like, well, it's shamanism. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, well, I don't, what's a shaman? Right. Yeah. And I, was just, yeah. I had no idea. But that was the beginning of the journey. Yeah, that was the be- and see way to way to loop trail back. I appreciate you, Kelly, because yeah, you you're know. welcome. I, I, can, I hold on to these things. I get there eventually. So, I so appreciate you. Cause sometimes I feel like I'm the one that has to bring it back in the loop trail, but it's, it feels so nice when somebody else can loop trail for me. There you go. I get tangential so fast. Oh yeah. Well, that's half the fun, right? You know, right. exactly. Just having a conversation. It know? is. And boy, is exactly. it good. It's so good. <laughs> so, good. <laughs> um, so, um, some of the other things, what are some of the more intro? Oh, there's my child. Oh my God. Sorry about that. So okay. what are, what are some of the more challenging clients that you face when it comes to like their healing? Like what, you know what I mean? Are you allowed to like divulge into some of that just because it's so interesting and curious for me? Um, well, I don't talk about specific people's journeys. Um, right. For obvious reasons, you know, if it, it's, it's not safe, if it's not safe, then, then, you know, they're not going to grow. And so yeah. I don't talk about specific people's journeys, but I can give you some of the ideas of, of what uh, people deal with as yes. they go through their process. Right. Yes, yes. So uh, in the beginner stage, it's mostly about perspective shift. Yeah. Right. Because uh, you know, we all come out of a traumatic sort of background. Right. And, yeah. and, in many cases, we have CPTSD, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's it's complex PTSD is what it's called. And so it's the stuff that, that you're traumatized over time. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it changes the way your brain functions. <sighs> and so all of these things that you think are just your nuttiness is actually symptoms of PTAs, the CPTSD, right? Now, I'm not a therapist. I don't do therapy. And so, you know, I'm not diagnosing. I'm just saying, you know, these are the symptoms that I see a lot. Uh, Most of my people have been through therapy and they said, well, it worked for a while and then it stopped working. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so I refer to my people as the wounded well, right? Mm -hmm. They're they're functional, but not happy, right? And so, you know, a lot of it in the beginning is about getting out of that trauma brain. Mm-hmm. It's about learning how to see the world the way the, that people who were not traumatized over and over again see it, mm-hmm. which is a huge shift. It's not hard, mm-hmm. but it's, it's like, <laughs> like, 
what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? You mean what? Right. And, and, you know, you're like, Oh, the hardest part is wrapping your head around the idea. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so that's about probably the first, you know, I'd say that's the first third of the work, mm. right. Is really starting to see the world differently, understand how to perceive it, um, know how to identify where your power is and where it, when it's there and things like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and that, that part there, the knowing where your power is, is sort of the transition point, mm-hmm. right? There's a transition point that happens at that point where it's um, where people start to now look at where's my power, how am I holding my power? You know, now I have to admit that maybe I haven't felt any emotions in a very long time. Yeah. that I kind of manage my emotions with my head and not actually feel them. Yeah. And I think, I think about them rather than feel them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, having to de-armor your heart and let the emotions out and do that work. Um, and, and there's a lot of rage work that has to be done because there's a well of rage a mile deep because that skewed perspective that you had yeah. made you feel like everybody was out to get you. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, you got hurt every 30 seconds and, you know, even though people didn't mean it mm-hmm. and you're just like, and you're pissed off every time it happens, not just at them, but at yourself for not defending yourself because you didn't yeah. right? all of these things. And so there's a, a fair amount of rage work to, to release that rage. Um, and then there is, um, there's a process of learning how to step into your power, mm-hmm. right? And there's a lot of guilt around that Mm -hmm. because we've all abused our power at some point, right? Many of us have been killed for our power in the past life, right? Mm -hmm. Some of that. And uh, yeah. And, you know, that rage is like, "Mm, yeah, I I can't let myself be powerful because if I get pissed off, I'm just going to lay waste to the whole freaking world, you know? Yeah. Right. So there's, there's some of that too. And then, from there, it becomes more of a self-introspection piece, right? Mm-hmm. Um, although I will say that um, along the way in there, there's a lot of coming to terms with your own energetics and your own um, and adjusting your sense of responsibility to not be overly responsible for others because we yeah. take on too much responsibility for everybody else. Yes. Um, and and being able to, to recognize the shadow side of what those behaviors are, mm-hmm. right? So for instance, when we take on responsibility for other people and we pretend that they can't take care of themselves, we are disempowering them. Mm, yeah. Yep. Right? We're not taking care of them. We're disempowering them, right? Yeah. And there's, there's a piece of that going, ooh, ooh yeah, right? Yeah. And, you yes. know, recognizing that we're making contracts with the world that the world isn't making back with us. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll take care of everything around me and everyone else around me takes care of me. Well, nobody else signed that contract, but you, right? Yeah. Yeah. They don't know that that contract is in force in your head and yeah. therefore it doesn't exist for them. And therefore your, your expectations are unrealistic, right? Exactly. You know, yep. it, it's that, that whole thing, right? It's, it's that piece of starting to look at, you know, what are my assumptions about the world and what are my expectations and are they realistic? Mm -hmm. Now let me get a reality check here. Right. Yeah. And so that becomes a little bit harder because you got to start looking at things, but hopefully you've learned by then the judgment judging yourself is actually a resistance to change. Mm -hmm. It's not actually a process that actually helps anything. Yeah. (laughs) Just saying I'm, I, it's not a, I have to judge myself harshly so that I don't do this again. No, no, no. That's not what that is. It is a, I have to judge myself harshly so I can distract myself from doing the work that would actually make me change. That's what that is. I feel there's a lot of people going, Oh my God. God. Yes. (gasps) Yeah. Mind blown at this point. (laughs) So, you know, a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the self-inquiry work to start really doing the inner shadow work and really starting to unwind. What are the stories that I've been living into? What are the names of those stories? Because, you know, 
uh, one of the gifts for me is that my mother started me doing logic puzzles when I was a young child. And so I started to learn how to be able to extrapolate knowledge from other pieces of knowledge, which helped me in my pattern finding skills, which is super helpful in this work. Wow, I can um, imagine. Because um, when you're trying to figure out the core story, mm-hmm. um, being able to say, okay, so my dog growled at me, my boss was obnoxious. The person in, in front of me or the person came, a person came up to me in line at the grocery store and cut in line in front of me and didn't care that I wasn't happy. And, you know, all these random things that don't seem related suddenly all are, Oh, I don't respect myself. And therefore I train other people not to respect me. Oof. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. That's, that's a common thread through those three things that I just said. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, but you don't, it it takes practice to learn how to do that, Mm -hmm. to learn how to make those connections. Right. Yeah. See the, the foundation underneath them. And so that's part of the work is learning how to do the pattern finding. Yeah. And a lot of people that can be really challenging, you know, because all they're feeling is that they're getting triggered. Right. And not like observing okay, why, why am I getting triggered? Really? Why, what, where is this coming from for me? Yeah. You know, is it like a child wound or is this like a mother or a father wound or it's from a place of trauma that I experienced or whatever, you know, and unpack that a little bit. Yeah. And the further you get into the process, the harder that becomes, you have more skills to do it, but the perspective to do it, it becomes harder because you're, you stop working on the stories and you start working on your assumptions and mm. your beliefs and assumptions are unconscious. Yes. Oh right. Yes. <laughs> and so your beliefs you can work on those, you know what they are, right? Mostly. Right. Yeah. But the assumptions, when you start working on the assumptive level, that's when it helps a lot to have some outside help because- yeah you know, you don't even know what you're assuming because it's unconscious. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say that be having, having the, uh, the people in my life to help me gain that perspective on myself, because I feel, I feel very like responsible for my change and my growth and my spiritual ascension. But I also want to give credit to the people that were living in their purpose and speaking their truth in their moment and being able to look at that and, and be like, Oh, what's mine, you know? So I'm very grateful for the people in my life that served that purpose, even if they don't know, you know, they're, they're just doing their own thing and living their life and being who they are and challenging, you know, themselves in the way that's meaningful so that, that they can reach their purpose. But like, I just, I really appreciate that. You know what I mean? Even the ones that, that triggered me because it's my shit that I'm dealing with. Right. You know, seeing that they're doing what they need to do. And it triggers me because I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. How dare you do your thing? And then it's like, oh, there you are. Right. Yep. <laughs> There's where you need to, to unpack that a little bit. Why are you experiencing jealousy and anger? And, and why don't you feel safe in your environment? And la, 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 all the things. That you know. Oh yeah. All the things. Yeah. I remember, um, I, I was uh, a regular in the human awareness Institute, uh, community in, in Boston area and every single event I would go to, um, I would tell them, look, you run out of half and half at the end of the event and people don't have it for Sunday morning. You need to buy more. And they never did. And I was, and I was just like, in tears one day because there was no half and half. <laughs> it's just like, there was this one guy there. He's, he's just this big bear of a guy, just a lovely human. And I'm like, I'm in tears. And he's like, what's wrong, baby? And I said, there's no half and half. <laughs> he's like, just my requirement for beverage with half and half. <laughs> And he's like, oh, honey, you know, if I had some half and half right now, it would be yours. 
I know, but there's no way after that. And I was just like so sad. And, And I realized after that, that I had been treating the organizers as my parents. And that I saw the lack of half and half as them not loving me and taking care of me. And I was like, oh, and in that moment I went, okay, next time I come, I'm going to bring my own half and half. And by the way, I'm gluten-free and they always serve chocolate cake and it's never gluten-free. And then I only get ice cream and then I feel deprived. So I'm going to make a gluten-free chocolate cake and I'm going to bring it with me too. And so the next time I showed up with half and half and a gluten-free chocolate cake. And I got to share my chocolate cake with other gluten-free people. And I got to share my half and half with other people. And I got to take care of myself and I wasn't sad anymore. And I went, well, (laughs) shit, this was easy. Why didn't I do that earlier? (laughs) But that's, that's the, that's the thing, right? That's what we get in our own way. Right. And, and, you know, the work is so important and, and it's so deep. And we just don't even see where it's coming from, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it, it just sneaks up on you and suddenly you're bawling your eyes out over half and half. <laughs> you're like, what the hell, right? All of a sudden, half and half <laughs> is triggering you to tears. And you're right. like, why is this happening? Oh, right. your parents didn't give you what you wanted growing up. Right. Little things, you know. Oh my God. Right. And I've got countless stories like that. I mean, just so many stories. And, you know, anybody who does work in this field for any length of time is going to have a bunch of those stories because that, that says you've been doing your work. Yeah. You're going through the layers. Right. Exactly. And so, you know, I love the story. I love the book illusions, the adventures of a reluctant Messiah by Richard Bach. You may know him from Jonathan Livingston Seagull, but this one's so much better. Right. And it is um, it's a book within a book. So there's the, the Messiah's handbook is a book that's given to the main character mm-hmm. in the storyline. And so throughout the book, there are references to this Messiah's handbook and all these different random quotes. And um, one of the quotes is so true about shadow work. It says, if you want to know if, you're, if your work here is done, here's a simple test. If you're still here, you're not done. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's so true. Not done. Not dead. Still working on it. (laughs) Got some more shit to deal with. We're gonna. We're getting there. We're getting. Which is why I tell everybody who steps into the spiritual world: if you, if you want to make the fastest progress possible in your spiritual work, you will give up the goal of getting to enlightenment. Hmm. Mm-hmm. because goals exist in the future mm-hmm. and all work is done in the present in the present and every moment you spend going i'm not to my goal is a resistance to doing the work in the moment oh my god i think that should be a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> i think it's a little long for a t-shirt but i'll see it what is, I a little, it is a little <laughs> long but i i fucking love it <laughs> So good. I might put that as one of my quotes for one of my episodes. Not there you go. So don't be surprised if you see that. Okay. Quote Kelly Sparta. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I am I am respecting the the boundary that you placed initially when we started recording. It's now, well, 615 at year end. So yes. We are now going to conclude this episode. So anyway, thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you so much, Kelly, for being here and talking with us. You are just the most magnificent person. I'm so blessed and happy to have gotten this time with you. And thank you for sharing space with me and sharing your heart and your incredible journey. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Okay, you guys. So <laughs> if you can go and visit Kelly's page, go and visit her um, her podcast, Metaphysical Podcast. Let's see. What are, what are, was it? Spirit, Spirit Sherpa. Sherpa. That's it. Spirit yeah, Sherpa. It's at spiritsherpapodcast.com or Spirit Sherpa on any podcast player. Yes. And my website's kellysparta.com, which is super easy. That it's is super. And it's like Kelly that. is spelled K-E-L-L-E, not K-E-L-L-E. E L L Y K E L L E S P A R T A 
www.kimberlyjohnson.com. Go and see her and start this journey out right. Get it. (laughs) All right, you guys, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to leave your review. Don't forget to share the love. And thank you so much for being here for yet another week with Third Eye with Lorelei. And until we talk again, love and light to you all. Thank you again so much for listening to this episode of Third Eye with Lorelai. If you loved this episode, if you loved everything that was in it and it really resonates with you, be sure to share this with someone that you love, that you feel like might need some of the content and be sure to take the time to check out all of the other content that I have on Instagram, on Akasha Flicks, on YouTube, on all the places. I, I even made a TikTok, y'all. So go check it out. I do live uh, card readings um, every week. And I also do uh, Monday pick a card. So be sure to check out some of the other stuff to really continue your journey onward and upward. And if you're interested in a tarot card reading, if you're interested in energy coaching or spiritual mentorship, please contact me slide into my DMs on Instagram. Contact me on www.thirdeyewithlorelei.com. I'd be more than happy to work with you and help you reach your goals and find your purpose in this lifetime. So I love you guys. Share this with someone you love. Share it with someone that you may think might need it. And I love you guys. 